true crime, conspiracy theories, political ramblings. There's none of that on the brand new Adventures Anonymous Patreon account, but we do have exclusive content for our Patreon subscribers. Maps, artwork, and flash fiction from the AA Cinematic Universe. Puzzles, one-shots, and interviews. Live streams with the Adventures Anonymous cast. With a Patreon subscription from just £2 per month, it's a great way to show us you care. Because we care. Go to patreon.com and search Adventures Anonymous Podcast. Hey there fellow nerds and nerdwells, I'm AJ and welcome back to the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy, fuck nuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and seek a glorious death. As ever, I'm duty bound to remind you that the content from here on in is not suitable for little ears. What follows is mostly improvised and entirely inappropriate. Listener discretion, as always, is advised. As ever, we have the usual motley crew of abject depravity. First up, we have everyone's second favourite gnome, directly after Noddy. That's right. It's Mr. Chris Neal. How the devil are you, sir? Um, I take umbrage with with that ranking. Um, was Noddy a gnome? Was Noddy a fucking gnome? Yes. You, I put you ahead of big ears. And directly behind Noddy. I mean, categorically, uh, I don't know. When Matt looks unsure, I'm, I've, I've, right. I've learned right. to learn to follow his, uh, follow let's, his lead. Let's listen for the little tinkle tinkle of keys as Matt googles. Uh, what, what am I looking Can we for? We get some checking on that. Is Noddy? Noddy is not is Noddy a gnome? Of course, Noddy's a fucking gnome. In fact, let's um, let's get with the times, people, and ask Chat GPT if Noddy is a gnome. Well, this can't possibly go wrong. Shout out to Chat GPT. Oh, they're yeah, going to bing yeah. it. <laughs> um, Chat You're not GPT has capacity, so shout out to Bard. Shout out to Google. <laughs> All these companies that need a shout out. <laughs> RIP Google. <laughs> Pull one out for Google. Uh, Chat, Chat GPT is at capacity, so uh, we'll have to come crawling back to Google. Okay. Okay. We'll come back to them. We'll come back to them. Next up, we have the man who puts the oh. Back in Cloaca, it's Matt Durant. <laughs> How the dickens are you? I've recently been researching if not, Noddy is a gnome. And I can tell you that Big Ears is a gnome. <laughs> um, Noddy is a... F- yeah. Well, I mean, they were lovers, so pretty much they must be. They must be also a gnome. Yeah. Right. And last but not least, we have the lean green pooping machine. It's Mr. Chris Rag himself. How the dickens are you? Sup, motherfuckers? <laughs> uh, I am wonderful, thank you. You're looking very svelte in oh, your uh, chunky a, knit jumper there. You, you, went, you went hard in one direction and then <laughs> like sprinted and then stopped and started sprinting directly in the other direction. I thought you were going to say flaccid there. <laughs> and hang on, listeners, if I'm not much mistaken, I'm pretty sure someone has just snuck in the back door there. Hang on a minute. Who's this? Always sneaking in the back door. You haven't got your camera turned on, mystery podcaster. Hold on. It's not like you work in IT. Hold on. We'll edit all this out so it's seamless. 
Yeah, look at that. Hi. Look at that, listeners. Almost as if on demand, here is the lady who always asks them to leave the poop vein in when she goes to a restaurant. (laughs) It is. Williams. I said I said Chris Neal was the second most popular gnome directly after Noddy. I don't remember who Noddy is. Yeah, me neither. I can't I can't picture them. Oh fuck me. Does Noddy have a red hat? Yes he does, you woke millennial. <laughs> you bloody thirst trap woke millennials <laughs> not even knowing who Noddy is. It's ridiculous. You'll claim you don't know who Paddington <laughs> Bear is next. Right. Or Rupert Bear. Uh... Alright, alright. Before we get in any more trouble, shall I do a quick recap and then Chanel can ask any questions she wants because it's been a hot moment for Chanel. Uh, That's all right. Oh, right. Are you going to... You're looking at Noddy. I remember Noddy now. That little prick. <laughs> that little prick. <laughs> he was always speeding. Like, he, he drove yeah. a sports car and it was never... Bad, bad example. I bet his dad bought it for him, the fucking Nepo baby gnome cunt. <laughs> Guarantee it. This has got highly abusive already. We're already earning our explicit rating. Oh, dear. Got to earn it. Any minute now, Chanel's going to come back, listeners. What I like to do is I leave all this shit in for the patrons. I call it the uncut version, where they can see how wildly unprofessional we are. Yeah, I mean, this is where you get behind the paywall. This is where you get behind the paywall. Um, you get you get the absolute yeah. shit show that is the unedited version. There we go. There's Chanel. She is back. Right. Here we go. Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they had sat down to dinner with the Wixleys, a family of landowning gentry who had shown them some much-needed hospitality. Well, most of them had sat down to dinner. Belsiar had in fact snuck off to investigate the manor, sending a taxidermied mannequin of himself to dinner as a decoy. So, as most of the players made small talk, drank fine wine, and met the Wixleys' daughter, Eliza, Belsia crept into the kitchen and attempted to disguise himself as a chef, only marginally derailing dinner after a disastrous attempt at cooking pork. Never leave the poop vein in, people. Never leave the poop vein in. Sneaking off into the bowels of the house, he once again flirted with the affections of others by accidentally attracting the attention of the manor's crocoborn librarian, Sandor, who not only asked if they could meet again, but also left Belsia with a handful of narcotics. And, as if that wasn't confusing enough narratively, Tatty also left the dinner table early, attempting to catch up with the Wixley's daughter, Eliza, who he managed to lose to a secret door in the library. Having used all of his faculties to open the secret door in the bookshelf, Tatty paused, ready to follow on, only to be ambushed and knocked out. Suspense. And that is where we will pick up with this week's episode. I have questions. So many questions. Questions about the poop vein, I refer you to last week's episode. (laughs) Did did you leave the poop vein in pork? That 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 is my concern. That somebody left the poop vein in an entire hog roast. Is that what happened? AJ did, narratively, by accident, not realising that you should probably remove the entrails or something before <laughs> hog roasting it. And yes, and Matt... So, so Matt accidentally cut the pig, so it, like all the poop went all over the coals. And then he cleared... He, Poopy coals. Yeah. There was so much... like They didn't like the fact the chef was called Polyester Crumb. They were shit, backlink, shit-naming him. And uh, there was... 
Oh, in, in in relativity, I'm 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 quite happy with polyester chrome. It was one of those things where I just had to do a little bit of a double take on. We're not going to talk about the the other thing that happened with um, the naked goblin, the the Wixley, the Wixley son. Uh, we don't need to talk about that because the listeners are all caught it? up, aren't you, listeners? I am going to say listeners that are all caught up. <sighs> it's a really good thing that most of our new listeners. Are from an area of India that is vegetarian. (laughs) (laughs) That's profiling at its highest. Okay. Wow. Um, What I would like to say at this point, Chanel, the Wixleys are an aristocratic family and naturally they have heirs to their estate and their heir is called Jonty and he's a young man and he doesn't really have anything to do because his parents have provided for him his whole life. So he basically just sits in a darkened room you know, playing with himself. But he's a Nepo baby. He's a Nepo baby. But Aristobulus decided that he would draw him out of his darkened room and try and reintegrate him into the family and into society. But you know, he just got he got it had just been a little while since he'd been able to relieve himself. So he got a little bit backed up. And Chris Chris wasn't happy about this at all. I Started questioning my. No, no, no. I think the point where I wasn't happy was the point where he started touching himself under the table. No, I'm scared. Hang on a minute. Somebody else. I've just edited the bloody podcast for the last week. Someone else suggested that. I think it was you, Mr. Chris Neal. You said, wouldn't it be funny if Aristobulus was giving him a hand job under the table? That was not me. That was you. I'm not taking responsibility for the knocking that came from under the table. It's that's not the that's not the part that I don't think any of us would take. Yeah, he had a runny nose. Part, I think. got a little bit full, and it started like and he had a runny nose. Yeah, it started look at look. You can see Mr. Chris Rags not happy about this. Look at the look at the cold dead eyes. Yeah, was, was that already? Was it last week? That was yeah, really yeah, said, yeah. or was it the week before? <laughs> well, it's been every week forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Until the end. Of have time. you slept well, Chris Rag? Have you have you slept? Do you like when you close your eyes? Do you just see like a small aristocratic man with a runny nose? I can't close my eyes anymore. I've not been to sleep for a week. <laughs> there you go. There you go, listeners. I can't have cereal. I can't, I can't have chinos anymore. Every time you look at a drippy wax candle, you, you gag. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so, yeah, basically, Chanel, since you last played, you, do you remember where you left them on the side of the road with a, with a carriage? Yeah, the yeah. carriage took you to a stately home. You you met the owners, um, who is a lord called Warburns, Warburns Wixley, and you'd met his wife, Margaret. And um, Tatty wandered around and he chatted to the local, the, the, the house servants, and Tatty wasn't 100% sure that they were being badly treated, but also wasn't 100% happy with their contract of employment. Um, as Tatty had gone looking for toad flaps. Do you remember toad flaps? Who, I do. Yeah, there you go. See, so this is all coming together. And then Belsia went sneaking off to look around while everyone else was eating dinner, and he got himself in all sorts of got himself fired as a chef. Hired and uh, fired. He hung around the men's changing room, looking at a naked goblin, and then he finally chatted up the um, the manners librarian, who's called Sandor. So that's where we're going to pick up this week's episode. Tatty, you're out cold. Everything kind of, you, you, you got mugged, you felt a hand clasped over your mouth and you felt a prick in the side of your neck and everything went warm and dark. As all. No, it's the Nepo baby again. 
<laughs> and uh, giggle. Uh, where is Hanash? You're still at the dinner table with the taxidermied crocoborn. Maud, you're with them at the dinner table. They're just carrying away your dessert. As you look down, you've still got a nice glass of wine. The sommelier comes round, Maud, and asks you if you'd like a top-up of your red wine. Uh, where is my Marvin? He's underneath the table eating um, scraps off the floor. Okay, fair. Yes, I would like wine, please. I just hold out my glass and just shake it a little bit. As the sommelier the comes scuttling in and, and re-tops up your tempanella, uh, that you are... You're, that's the only red wine I know, listeners, because I drank one the other day. As that happens, Hanash, what are you doing? Is you're you're staring into the the taxidermied crocoborn opposite you? I uh, I I lean my ear towards the taxidermied crocoborn's like mouth and laugh as if <laughs> I've just been told a hilarious anecdote. <laughs> so you're you're and uh, I, I asked the Somalia. I asked the Somalia for a, a Somalian. <laughs> the Somalian Somalia. Well, that's... that's, that's a, a, that's a Tinto de Verano. For, for a what? A Tinto de Verano. It's like a red wine and lemon fanta. He looks pained, but this is, you know, fine dining as he scuttles off and goes to prepare you one. Dinner is basically over at this point. As he comes um, scuttling back to you, the sommelier hands you your drink, bows and sort of removes himself from the from the scene backwards, like nodding and bowing, as the Wixleys inform you, Maud and Hanash, that dinner is now over and that you are free to make use of the grounds um, and that Warburance and Margaret are going to retire for the evening as they get up and walk off and say their goodbyes and say they'll see you in the morning for breakfast. Are we staying? Oh, yes. I like to thank them for their hospitality and like raise my glass to them and say good 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 evening. As um Warbrance goes to leave as Margaret says, oh, Warbrance, um the matter of the money, they did protect us from brigands. As Warbrance walks back, leans into his smoking jacket and pulls out like a clip of money and goes to count um, 20 off, pulls it out, puts it back in his smoking jacket and just gives you the clip um, of cash, Hanash. And walks nice. off and says goodnight. I go and like do like a handshake, you know, like where you like tip someone and it's all cool. I try and like <laughs> take the money. So he, like he goes in for a formal handshake and you try to give him, do you know like when people are on the streets and they do the kind of like, kind of like more formal handshake. He goes, in, he goes in for a serious handshake. You go in for a jokey handshake. There's an awkward moment, and then you just give him a bear hug as he just stands there really awkwardly, like bolt upright, <laughs> as he wishes you good night. as him and Margaret scuttle off um, out of the hall. As you look down at, you look down at the thick wad of cash with a um, silver clip on it that has WW. Uh, does, any, does any of my party notice, notice that I got this money? Maud, what's your passive perception? Um... Marvin notices. <laughs> <laughs> Under the table. Ma- Marvin looks up. Marvin dead <laughs> eyes you. <laughs> but I'm not aware. Okay. So Marvin's aware, which means Maud's roughly aware. 
as we as what 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 are you two doing? Are you going to head to bed? It's late in the evening now. It's got to be like gone nine o'clock. Um, you're free to roam the grounds if you want. Warburns and Margaret have gone to bed. You're well aware that Tatty never came back from the bathroom after he hurriedly went away, and you have no fucking clue what happened to Belsiar. Um, Aris- Would we not just assume that he's got the ships? Possibly. Um, Aristobulus is literally currently shoving two bits of napkin up John T's nose to prevent uh, the tidal wave that's <laughs> flowing down his front as Aristobulus sees off John T. <laughs> so Aristobulus helps John T back up to his bedroom with a harp under one arm. What would you like to do, Hanash Maud? You're in a stately home. You can do whatever you want. Like, obviously, it's it's dark outside currently. I I would like to. Do you remember that scene in the Titanic where they're in like way before? Paint me like one of your French goblins. Way before shit hits the fan, um, she goes. Kate Winslet goes into like the poor people section, <laughs> and they're all like having a massive like Irish dance off. Okay. I would like to go and find where the party's actually at. You down with this, Hanush? Yeah, I'm so down. I've been waiting to break dance for ages. Let's fucking do this. <laughs> three, Spinning on three years at this point. Taking people off of the ankles. <laughs> okay, so as the two of you make your way downstairs into the servants' quarters, you follow various um, waiters who look like they're about to go off duty. Um, you pass the dumb waiter and you go through the double doors <clears throat> to a set of um, flight of stairs. As you go down, it gets warmer as you go down underneath Wixley Manor. As you see in front of you the doors to the kitchen, as the small French goblin chef is shouting at various people, uh, debriefing the brigade of chefs, you also get, Hanash and Maud, you get a stench of burnt shit coming out of the kitchen that you can't quite place. It's a bit like burnt fat and shit. As you look down the far end of the corridor, you just see your friend Belsiar, who's just propped up in a doorway, looking pensively at two pills in his hand. This is real Belsiar or the taxidermied Belsiar. Seemingly you've left taxidermied Belsiar like wedged in a chair in the dining room. Um, can, can, can I retcon and put him back where he where <laughs> came from, or is it too late? <laughs> Go on, then. Go on, then. We'll say on the way out, you carried him out whilst no one was looking. You put him back and had to fix his jaw back in place after it had broken off. And as you go to turn back, it looks like the taxidermied crocoborn has the beginnings of a smile on its dead face. It's the most excitement the crocoborn had ever seen in its life. As we join you back downstairs, Belsiar, you look up as two familiar faces at the end of the corridor. Um, three, if you count Marvin, as Marvin, Maud, and Hanash are at the end of the corridor, standing by the kitchen doors as you look down at the red pill and the blue pill in your hand. Um, I'm going to take one of them, but I don't know which one. <laughs> and I think I'll probably wait until I get back to the, the uh, privacy of whatever rooms or lodgings we have. Um, okay. So you're all aware that you've got individual rooms upstairs. There were 23 spare bedrooms in Wixley Manor. 
Um, you've got you've got lots of each of you has your own room with your own ensuite uh, and your own four poster bed. Um, and um, just to just to call out that uh, Barbara, when these guys leave to um, uh, to go find the party and meet up with Belsiar, uh, Barbara's just going to like skitter on behind them. Okay. I thought Barbara was asleep in your bedroom, but I can't remember. Maybe she came down to have dinner with you. No, she she came down and oh, she was. Right. I think she was. Yes, yes, yes. She, she, was, was, under the she was by your feet at dinner, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. You're quite right. Also, on the way down, I look for a piece of lino for uh, for break dancing. The dance floor. Okay. Um. Yeah. Got you. <laughs> so, Belsia, Hanash, Maud, I'm going to leave you there, Tatty. You see the suspense here, listeners. You can't see it. How excited Mr. Rag is to do some breakdancing later. You can see him practicing That's his amazing. dexterity saving throw. Like breakdancing and, and doing the, the, the popping. Fluid body movement. And such. The carpet, the, there is carpet in here as well. It's not easy to break dance. A lot of friction. Hair, but he's doing it. Luckily, I've got my shiny head to help me out. <laughs> the last time I saw someone's body move that fluidly was John T. About five minutes ago. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there, listeners. Um, right. Um, we're going to leave those three there as they're warmly reunited. Um, Hanash tucking away the narcotic. Not Hanash, sorry. Belsiar tucking away the narcotics into his pocket and joining his companions. Barbara sniffing away at the meats and wafts of food coming from the kitchens. Um, Marvin still rubbing up against Hanash's leg because he's seen the money clip and wants a piece of the action. And Hanash is stretching out his muscles, preparing for some breakdancing. Um, he's just warming up. As we, we're going to join Tatty. Everything is groggy and hazy. Can you make me a constitution saving throw, please, Mr. Tat? Sure can. Fucking A. Nat 20. Nat 20. <laughs> As you, from the warmth and the darkness, it was almost like your body, it was almost like your body was floating in a darkened pool of water. As in the middle of your vision comes a pinprick of light. And what starts as a sharp pinprick of light widens out, but gets hazier as it widens out. And you see the lines of light waving and washing around in the middle of your vision. As nothing will come into focus, you feel a wave of nausea wash over you and a pounding in your head as you start see shapes moving in front of you. But the harder you try to focus on the shapes, the more nauseous you feel as slowly your body comes back onto line and you out of the darkness and the warmth, you check in with yourself and you try and at first work out what the noises are. And then as you check with yourself, first of all, you see to whether you can feel your right arm or your left arm. And you realize with some sort of fear that you can feel none of your limbs. But with every passing minute, the shapes come more and more back into focus as everything warps and wefts and waves in front of your vision as you think you can make out the shape of somebody 
in front of you, facing away from you, working away at a desk as the darkness creeps in at the Do edges I have, again. I know you said my, my vision is a bit blurry. Very blurry, yes. Um, it's like you smeared Vaseline on your eyes. What's going on with... What's the what's going on with like? Can I smell anything distinctive? Can I hear anything? Well, with a natural twenty, that's a that's you can smell. That was a constitution throw. Just just to just to be fair, I've made I've made concessions for your natural twenty. I would say a smell wafts into your nostrils and it plagues you for the longest of moments. You can't tell. The problem is, as your brain comes back onto line. You can't tell what seconds, what's minutes, what's hours. Time is no longer a constant or a unit at this point for you. But there's something that bugs you and bugs you and bugs you. And then your brain out at the very back, almost like somebody rooting through a filing cabinet and finally pulling out the piece of information they wanted. You you remember what the smell is. It's cigarette smoke. <laughs> um, Tassie is going to... I imagine that this probably comes out falteringly. Um, uh, he's going to say, can I bum a cigarette? I assume seeing as time is a little bit wibbly wobbly, some of this sentence will take one second and then the rest of this sentence will take an hour. Listeners, we're going to pan out of body as we see a darkened figure at a table working at some equipment as they hear a noise behind them and they turn to look at the gnome that is strapped down to a chair. As the gnome opens its mouth and says, a dribble pours out the side of its mouth. And then the gnome just pisses itself. Mm, This guy understands me perfectly. Just perfectly. Perfect understanding. Um, As the figure laughs to themselves and goes back to their work. <laughs> and we're going to quickly leave you there for the okay. moment. And then we're going to pan back. Right, right. Belsia, are you reuniting with your um, yeah, I'm deviant like, friend? Yeah. I, I, I shout, pals, bring it in, buddies. Ah, Those you there. People I know, Marvin. I give Marvin like a, a, a head rub. I'm like, yeah, there you are, you don't Marvin really doesn't like the fact you've taken his top hat off to give him a head rub <laughs> yeah. Marvin looks suspiciously at you till you put his top hat back on oh is he, yeah he's wearing a top hat isn't he we got rid of the top hat wow listeners these people know their canon did we get rid of the top hat you bought it we did get rid of the top hat he's now wearing a painted black puffer right. jacket yes and sequined booties Four sequined booties. He looks at tits. <laughs> Excellent. Um, he's he's working his best E17 kind of like 19 <laughs> boy band gangland kind of vibe. Okay, like Brian Harvey. Yes. This is all this is all extra texture for the goat that is currently humping the lash's <laughs> leg. Yeah. Trying to get, trying to get more. As you see, yeah, yeah. you see um, two chefs bringing in. Uh, ribs of beef um which they like takes two of them to carry this ginormous set of beef ribs um as the one at the back goes into the kitchen and comes back and eyes up marvin (laughs) unsure as whether he is a delivery um of food stuff and goes down to check marvin's tag 
to see whether he is from the catering company. Marvin. See, only lemurs and alpacas really kind of, like, spit. Spit. <laughs> so Marvin can't spit. What kind of gangster goat is he? Um, but what he can do, he can sneer. That's his defense mechanism, like a judgmental sneer. What does a goat sound like when it sneers? If it was to if it was to bleat and sneer at the same time. It's more like a side eye, like a sassy side eye. But like yeah, like a, um and I'd like to have him at that point discharge <laughs> a <laughs> massive amount of <laughs> anal gas. Anal gas. Okay. Anal gas. Anal gas. Um so oh God. Fuck me. Noxious. This is why we've been branded as chaotic in all the fucking reviews we've ever had. So as the chef kneels down to look in Marvin to look for a label from a catering company very confusedly, the first thing that happens is all of you give him a shit-eating look. The second thing that happens is Marvin turns and opens his mouth to reveal a grill and looks at him uh, as he backs off. A gold off grill? As, yeah, absolutely. Um, as Marvin... Let's out a pocket of intestinal gas. Now, all of you at this point, look, as there's candle sconces all the way down the corridor, as suddenly all the flames, like, waft and change colour to, like, blue and then go back um, to their, their amber twirl. Um, the chemists in the room are going to tell me that's wrong. But if you're listening to this and you're a chemist, then you've got better things to be doing. Yeah, like a canary in a coal mine. Uh, Marvin rips off a um, air biscuit, and all of the candles kind of um, flutter. So at this point, Belsia, that you see the goblin in the chinos and Hawaiian shirt, who you'd um, checked in with earlier, as he walks past you and nods. Sup? <laughs> <laughs> as he's Since like, when was Belsia this tall? <laughs> Uh, he's got drugs now. He's he, he's a cool dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's leaning into it. The little goblin's like, "What are your plans then?" Uh, I the the goblin didn't proposition Balsia, did he? That was the crocoborn. No, you just stared at him naked and checked in with your own sexuality. You 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 made a that was nature it, yeah, check yeah. and realized that you weren't attracted right. to goblins. Um, yeah, I'm just like, hey, dude. I, I I scored some pills. Do you, do you know where the party's at? <laughs> he looks at you and is like, "Yeah, that's good for you. My uh, my pills days are behind me. I'm a straight edge goblin. But I tell you what, the staff are having a Kaylee. If you fancy joining in, um, yeah, Kaylee's a good friend of mine. Uh, we'll 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 go find her. Ha 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 ha." Someone wants minus XP. As he um, he's like, nah, come on, seriously. There's a there's a Kaylee down in the mess hall. If you want to, I don't know. It's probably some spare booze. Have a little shindig. Yeah, but we've got a goat. Ah, uh, oh, love goat. Tenderest meat for the not 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 eating kind. Uh, it's a friend right. of ours. It's a long story. As he's like. He's like, come with me. As um, he takes you down the corridor, as you push through some doors part way down, you come into a smoky 
lit room uh, which is the mess hall where all of the staff eat their meals as the tables have all been pushed to the edges with the chairs and in the middle people are starting to gather as you see um, a Kaylee band is starting to warm up on a makeshift stage made out of crates at the other end um, he's like you are more than welcome here guest at a Wixley's is a friend of ours Cool. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Um, um, as you see a fur bulk walk past you, and he's like, "Have you seen my uh, chef's wife? They've gone missing." Um, I can't remember if I'm. I've, I've, am I still wearing the chef's whites? No, yeah. No. I think I think you I, them off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, in fact, I think I think uh, the I think the head chef oh, yeah. ripped them off you in disgust after you forgot to remove the poop vein. From a pig before roasting it. Um, As you... So, yeah, Belsiar, Maud, Hanash, you find yourselves in the beginnings of a Kaylee. Um, The party is only just starting to get started. As you look over to one side, there's basically where all the tables have been pushed to one side. There's that thing where it's a bit of a, like... um, I was going to use the word jambalaya, but that's wrong. It's a bit of a bring and share alcohol kind of thing uh, everyone's brought bottles there's all sorts of different uh, assortments of things there's like homemade spirits there's different beers and stouts and porters and ales um as you're welcomed in by the staff who all know that you're not really one of them but they're more than happy to to share as as you see there's a kind of unity amongst the staff and everyone's having a good time um what would you like to do hanash uh, I like to ask Belsia if he's managed to get any intel on his uh, on his expedition. Ah, give us a guess what what's what's going on. What you found it's out? It's very kind of inconclusive. Like everyone, there didn't seem to be any like child slavery. Really, just I don't know. I, I kind of wanted an excuse to to burn everything down and and loot the uh, <laughs> loot the uh, burning burning ashes, but. Uh, yeah, everyone everyone seems reasonably happy, so I don't know if I can justify that. Yeah, I think it's going to work out really well. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, as the band kick up, you see a centaur with a fiddle as he tucks the fiddle underneath his chin and starts up with a like... As other instruments start... Um, think you see a little gnome finger-picking? On a ukulele, um, that might not be a thing, but possibly is. As uh, you see all sorts of things, you know, the music really kicks off as various people start um, dancing away. You see Barbara and Maud, not Barbara and Maud, you see Barbara and Marvin have even started, like, jumping around and skittering in the corner. Um, Maud, a particularly portly-looking dwarf, grabs you, and tries to pull you into the middle of the room to dance. <laughs> How much have I been drinking? That's up to you. I said whilst you were off, there's a table to one side, which is like a bring and share kind of deal. So there's all sorts of different, like, there's a whole mixed hodgepodge worth of different bottles with the corks pulled out and all sorts of different glasses. There's anything you want. It really is like, um, it really, you're taking your life in your own hands. You have, very little idea what's in there, but there's definitely spirits and beers and alcohols and homebrews. 
What are gnomes famous for, like alcohol-wise? Fishing underneath toadstools. Oh, no, gnomes. I mean, um, gnomes are mad. Zero hesitation there. Absolutely no hesitation from AJ. <laughs> Racial <there>. stereotyping. <laughs> um, Sorry, in, in, in our universe, in our universe, gnomes, um, they're known for, for um, Sambuca. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I would like to um, go over to the table and find what I'm assuming is a very, very small gnome-shaped tequila glass, Sambuca glass, yep. like a shot glass. Yeah. I would like to pour a shot of Sambuca. Yeah. I would like to leave the shot on the table and take the bottle. <laughs> As you take the bottle, um, looking down at it, it says Big Ears Buka, which is a um, very famous Gnomesh brand of Sambuca. Um, yeah, which with, with Gnomesh Sambuca, um, what you get at the, li- at the bottom of the bottle is a tiny little fish. Um, so there's just like a little stickleback at the bottom. Um, the bottom of the Not bottom. one of those fish that swim up your urethra in the Amazon. It might be. You could try later. Um, but it's certainly like, it's just like a little yeah. fish. It seems to be somewhat still alive as you shake the bottle. Uh, taking a swig, you feel it. Do you know that thing when you take a like swig of pure alcohol and you can feel it going down your chest as it's burning mm. down your, if it's in your esophagus, are you dead? I can't remember. <laughs> as it's burning down your, in your lungs. Um, you can feel it like moving around your stomach, burning the lining of your stomach as as the alcohol goes to goes to town on you. As you feel your vision blurring slightly, and you feel your inhibitions melting away, um, and as you look at Hanash, you could you could almost swear that Hanash is getting more attractive the more you drink. <laughs> Not that drunk. As- <laughs> As you look down and realise you've swigged half the bottle and the fish is gone. Fair, fair, okay. <laughs> as the as the portly dwarf goes to grab you again and pulls you in. I will allow. I will consent to dance. Um, as you look around, everybody is like having a jolly good old time and a shindig. Hanash, I presume, is pulling off his best breakdancing moves in the middle. Um, so, so yeah, I, I kind of clear out a big circle, and then I and I do some really shit breakdance in the middle. Like I'm just rolling around. I like, I like the idea that you're just doing like like the Pentecostal two step, and then you break into a doggy, and then you spin on your back with your battle axe, <laughs> like whirling around like at, at an ankle height. <laughs> um, <laughs> as, Slicing people's um, legs open. People people are like clapping and hollering and whooping. People are having a great time. Uh, Belsia, at one point you look up and across the days and the whir of Hanash spinning, as you look over, you see Maud swaying backwards and forwards, tugging on the beard of a dwarf, and you think you lock eyes with a crocoborn on the other side as you're almost sure you see Sandor the librarian. Can I... <laughs> um, take both the red and the blue pill... To, to build my build my courage and then saunter over. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're taking both pills simultaneously. Um, make me a medicine check. 
<laughs> I tempted. Could that not be a survival <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say survival. I was very tempted. Uh, I think medicine for now. For now. Okay, that's a five. I'm so excited. Five. Um, everyone else, Hanash, as you're busting out moves... Hanash, there's a nice patina of sweat dripping down your brow as you're feeling good about life. You really embrace the moment you're living. There's no FOMO for you. Um, Maud, you're just having fun with it. You've got no intentions of, you know, taking this gnome away, but you're having fun with him. You're almost taking the piss out of him. As you both look over, as Belsia steps out, almost, you know, like when breakdancers come into the arena and they do a little dance-off as Hanash leaves and enters like Belsiar enters the dance floor everyone cheers and claps as Belsiar walks in with a swagger and almost a bit like John Travolta in um Saturday Night Fever as he kind of walks in like you know hot stepping it as his movement becomes more jagged and labored until he just suddenly planks as all of his muscles lock up <laughs> and he just timbers forward and falls onto his snout um Full body paralysis. Foam billowing out of the side of his mouth. And in that crisis, we're just going to quickly leave you all there staring at another taxidermied crocoborn in the middle of a dance floor. Uh, <laughs> as we're going to go back to Tatty, as you find yourself strapped to a chair, your senses returning to you, your brain feeling like it's been run over uh, by a steamroller, as your vision. Every moment your vision comes into clarity, Tatty, feels like another nail of freezing cold piss hammered into your brain um, as you're in some degree of agony. This is like the worst hangover you've, you've, ever, you've ever felt. And the more you come back round, the more embarrassment you feel as your senses turn back on. You realise quite clearly you've both dribbled a lot down your front and quite possibly some kind of fluid has come out of you, but you're, you're struggling to tell which orifice it came out of at this point. As you look in front of you and out of the miasma of your vision, you see the back of somebody hunched over a table. Anal gas everywhere. So they... <laughs> There's just estrogen everywhere. Call back. There's estrogen in the air. Yeah. Uh, cool. As you're birthed out of the fallopian tube. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they didn't really respond much. They didn't get up or anything when I asked You were too out of it at that point. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to shout, um, probably in an attempt to see what my motor skills are like, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to attempt to shout, hey, who pissed on me? So much like Sloth and the Goonies, you, you shout and you're like, who go? <laughs> <laughs> in a in a way, as as the figure turns around, snickers as you see Eliza standing in front of you, uh, the Wixley's daughter. As you see the table that she was over has all degrees of harnesses and weaponry on it. As you see sharpened daggers and throwing stars and things like that, as she walks back towards you and she leans in over you. She makes a sudden movement as you flinch, as she pours a cold glass of water into your mouth as the water is a thousand times more refreshing in your current state than any glass of room temperature water has ever been. Uh, you feel it 
almost cool and crisp as it washes into you as you start to gag as she stops pouring water into your open mouth as you start choking as you splutter and warm water well not warm water as as as, temper- as room temperature water spills down the front of you she looks down at you and she says oh you've woken up when i start spluttering i'm gonna say uh an excellent vintage miss wixley with whatever how if i can actually say yeah, it yeah as you, we'll your, your, your words are coming back to you as you somehow manage to maneuver your tongue out the front of your mouth and back in between your teeth <laughs> um as you talk you um you, <laughs> um you you get the point across to her she looks down at you with a big grin on her face as she's like somebody has been meddling in affairs that do not concern them uh where wait where is she right now is she is she like standing right in front of me so you're in the equivalent, in my mind anyway, listeners, I don't know what it is in your mind, but in my mind, you're almost like strapped into a dentist chair. Um, you're like a gnome in a dentist chair. Yeah. As she's like standing to one side, leaning over you, looking down, she puts the um, glass of water on a table as she lights up a cigarette, as you see in the darkness and the gloom, the orange glow of her face as she huffs on a cigarette. Um, she And she... with. Are my hands, you know how you said I'm like strapped yep. in? Are my arms like stretched outwards like like this? Yes. Okay. Is she, where she stood, I guess if she's like looking at my face, is she like, is she standing close enough where like one of my arms is kind of like not behind her? Actually, I'm fairly sure. Basically, can she see my hands? Uh, yeah, yeah, she can see your hands okay. and feet and they're strapped in. As you look down there, they're chunky leather straps uh, with a metal kind of like pin going through them. Um, as she she says to you, I really don't, I didn't want it to come to this. I didn't think we were going to run into each other again, not like this. It just, this really has made things quite awkward, Mr. Bojangles. Could you not have left well alone? Um, Tati is... Uh, now starting to freak out. Before he was just like, oh, this is exciting. Now he's a bit like, okay, so potentially this is someone that we already knew. Um, can I, I'm quite happy to make this a role, a, a, a investigation or insight or something like that. Can I attempt to like connect the dots in who this person could be from our oh. previous dealings? Would a history check, it's either history or intelligence, it's one or the other. I, th- I think um, potentially, yeah, I'd probably say intelligence related. Um, maybe, maybe investigation or insight. Insight I'm not great at. I would be happy with investigation. I'd be happy with anything <laughs> at this point. Um... It may be an investigation check. A pure investigation check. Ooh, that's quite good. Um, 22. 22. Yeah, that would do it. As she doesn't really seem to mean you much harm, despite the fact that she's knocked you out and strapped you to a chair, 
She doesn't really seem that aggressive, and despite the fact that she seems to have an eye-watering array of sharpened goods on a table in front of you, she's also not done anything thus far that's made you feel unsafe. Um, as she leans in, huffing on the cigarette, as your mind races, as soon as she says, oh, we meet again, your mind races, as she huffs and huffs and huffs and huffs, as she exhales and a billow of um, smoke pours over the front of your face and you get the kind of acrid taste of tobacco in the back of your mouth as your memories start forming together and sometimes a smell triggers a memory as you remember a horse ride on a cart on your way into (laughs) town um, with a lady who put a cigarette in your mouth. Of all the... Of all the vigilantes in all the towns in all the world, I had to run into this one. I didn't ask you to bumble into my life. (laughs) Bumble. 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 Really? Yes. Really? I've got a good thing going on here. I didn't ask you to break into my house and bumble around and try and jeopardize my life's work. Such a. Please stop saying bumble. Anything and anything but Bumble, please. She picks up uh, she picks up a needle, like a hypodermic needle full of a yellow fluid. And she's like, We can really do this several ways. You can either be civil or I can just knock you out and leave you in Margaret's bed. What an exciting evening that would that would surely be. Um What are you even you what are you even doing here? I, I mean I mean I mean, we we were invited here by uh, by Margaret and Warburns. I think that's his name. Yes, yes, Mama and Papa. Yes, your Ma and Papa. Um, and uh, I have some business over over at the Stank Estate. Um, and then I got talking to some of. Some of your, some of your staff. Uh, well, they're not my staff. Slavery? Question mark. They're not my Question staff. Mark? My parents. <laughs> my parents' business dealings are my parents' business dealings. I merely take advantage of the grounds and the facilities and my trust fund, with which I use for vigilante justice. And as for the Stank Estate, yes, I have plans for the Stank Estate. But there is injustice there. Well, you know, we could we could help with that. What is your we 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 need to save someone who apparently is being held against their will? There, I'm not interested in saving um, one person. I am interested in saving many people in this anchor state. Cool. What's your what's your what's your game? What's your what's your angle? Well, I suppose I could use a sidekick. All right, easy. Do you have a name? With the fucking... Do I have a name? What would your vigilante We've name met be? before. My vigilante name? Okay. Um, it would be the Hornet. Give me... No. That's... that's mm, no. That's been done. Uh, the Honey Badger. <laughs> the Honey Badger. <laughs> She's like, how can I trust you if I unclip you that you won't do anything stupid 
Well, that's that's the that's the thing, isn't it? That's the gamble. Everyone does something stupid eventually. <clears throat> You're not filling me full of confidence. <laughs> it's not really my job, pal. She pops a cigarette into you your mouth, lights it, and walks back to the table. As your vision comes back, you see there's a mannequin in the corner which has the bee's outfit on it. Uh, as you see the armor plates and the rapier of the bee um, all kind of like aligned as she's um, she's sharpening throwing stars at the moment. Cool throwing stars. Seriously. Would you like to collaborate? Yeah, sure. If you promise to put a little bit less mustard every time you say collaborate. I'm, I'd be good with I'm that. I'm more of a horseradish kind of lady myself. Um, yes, okay. Maybe we could find some sort of arrangement that we could come to. Just please don't tell Mama and Papa about what I get up to. They think that I go off to Jim Carner meets, and it would be so awkward if they realised that I was, you know, a vigilante. Yes, can't disappoint Mama and Papa, can we? Well, as for Jonty, he can barely even see through the wank mist. So maybe don't don't tell him. <laughs> Just leave it as our little... His sense of smell is a little bit fucked at the minute as well. Yes, yes it is. Actually, I wasn't there for that. I wasn't there for that, I wouldn't know. As she unclips your wrists, leaving your arms free as you feel a massive release in your hands... Uh, almost like your tense muscles start. Um, just you feel like a real release as you can stretch your arms out. And she's like, "I'm more than happy to work with you on the Stank Estate to release the servants, but I will need your word that you will not give away my identity." Is that the is that your plan at the Stank Estate? At the Stank Estate to release all the servants. Well, it's been one of my plans. I have many plans. As she points over at a board, which is full of... It's a map with pins and red lines all over it and clippings and God knows what else. She's like, I have many projects. There is a particularly egregious museum in town that has all sorts of stolen antiquities that I would quite like to reunite with their owners. There are all sorts of things that I would like to do. You're like a reverse Indiana Jones. <laughs> and also stuff to do with slavery. <laughs> right. Well, listen, little man. Yes. Working together sounds good. And I'll just oh. I'll put my hand out to shake. She shakes your hand as she's like, I've always wanted a sidekick. This is marvellous. Okay. Maybe we could get you a little horse to ride on. You could be next to Drone. It would be marvellous. Who's Drone? Is Drone your horse? It's a very strange name. Yes, the drone, drone. Drone is my horse, yes. We could call you the termite. No, I don't. I, I, you're going to have to wait for, wait for my brain to wake up, and then, I'll, and then we'll get to branding. Okay. Right, well, she, she releases you as um, she walks you back up the stairs, turfs you out of the secret door as it clunk clicks behind you. You groggily wave around on your feet, uh, not feeling the healthiest or happiest you've ever felt. Uh, your eyes pointing in different directions. Um, you waft your way across the library, trying to work out if you've just had some sort of weird lucid dream or whether you've just met the bee in an underground cavern underneath Wixley Manor who's just uh, recruited you on a 
vigilante mission. I guess I float my way back to the the dining room. Um, As you make your way back to the dining room, you cross the main hall at one point and you stop and you look at the crocoborn taxidermied statue, a mannequin, as you swear to God it's got a grin on its face. Um, as you make your way back into the dining hall and you hear um, all the different live-in house servants who are just cleaning up. You see someone, do you remember the really old hoovers people used to have in the 1970s and 80s where it didn't really have a motor? It's what Eddie Izzard calls a hodder do do hoover. Do you remember them, Maud? Do you remember the roller hoovers? In the 70s? They were absolutely shit. They're basically yeah, 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 yeah. We used to have one. It wasn't even a Hoover. It didn't plug in. It was just like a carpet sweeper. Yeah, it was absolutely. It was a bag of shit. It's basically a mop and a Hoover in one. It had no motor, and you rolled it, and it basically, as Eddie Izzard says, it goes hod da 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 da, and it the dust the dust on the carpet just looks at it and goes fuck off. You've got no authority here, and it does absolutely nothing. As you see a small goblin using a roller Hoover. Uh, doing absolutely nothing as another goblin moves away the the silver um, as another goblin has like a wet wipe and is trying to remove a puddle of clear fluid off the table where Jonty was sitting earlier um, you see one of the goblins is like right your friends have gone downstairs if you're looking for them thank you very much it's very kind of you I'll um, you've got a funny shade of pale do you want a drink uh, y- yes please your finest, finest red wine, please. As uh, he walks over to a cabinet, pulls out a bottle, uncorks it and pours you a small red wine and gives it to you and is like, hopefully that'll sort you out. Thank you kindly, good sir. And I'll... Stank, Catra Van Cator's. <laughs> I'll just, I'll, 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 I'll probably look much fancier than usual just swilling this glass of red wine, just floating down the the hallways of this house looking for how to get downstairs. As you as you spilling red wine all over. Yeah, as you place. just yeah, just pouring red wine all over yourself. You just stumble down a flight of stairs. The lower you get, the more acrid the stench coming from the kitchens as you smell burnt fat and shit. As you can hear a humming and a bustling coming as um an amorous couple burst out of some double doors, almost kissing and banging into each other and tumbling over as you make your way and you see um, the rumbles of an underground Kaylee, as you walk in, you see a crowd of people um, all gathered around something in the middle of the dance floor as the band go wild. Um, you push your way through the crowd, parting, moving between low thighs and legs and ducking under some people. As you get to the middle, and you just see the paralytic form of a crocoborn <laughs> with Maud and Hanash um, over the top with Hanash trying to give a crocoborn the kiss of life. Um, as yes. it's literally, this is literally that scene in Community when, when Troy comes into the apartment with the pizza <laughs> and it's apparently with a glass of wine and really high like this. Everyone leaning down over Belsiar's Belsiar's unconscious body. Uh, And that's where we're going to have a very quick drinks break. Double up on your drinks, people. Get your best selves back here in five minutes. We've got a crocoborn to save. Can I just mention something humorous 
don't know, Surly, when, when, when Chris N leans forward and Chris W leans back, it looks like Raggy is just a tiny, a tiny man standing on Chris's desk. <laughs> 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 Like a gnome on the end of a pencil. <laughs> that, that just cracks me up earlier, but I can I, I couldn't say anything. No, you'd have ruined you'd have ruined the big moment. Right, back here in five. See you all soon. Smoke if you got them. Here we go. Picking back up where we left off earlier. Um, <clears throat> Tatty had made his way slightly groggily back to the dance floor, separating the crowd of people with his glass of red wine. He looked on at the vista in front of him and was met with the horrific view of Belsiar crashed out on the floor, stiff as a plank, surrounded by Maud and Hanash, who were looking over him in worried tones as a white foam trickled out the corner of Belsiar's mouth. And <laughs> insert joke about John T. Yeah, but no, no, no that, that's that would me. be yeah. Don't give him that idea. I don't want to scare our listeners off. <laughs> They've got this far. Though. They've got this far. If, if to be fair, listeners, I'd love to see one day. I keep meaning to look at the analytics and see the drop-off rate. Like there, it must be pretty steep. You could definitely ski down. Oh yeah, like, you jump off down. the bungee yourself. Don't pull at that, right? <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. We won't. We won't pull at that, Chad. Not this. This whole episode will come apart like a cheap jumper. Um. Okay. Look. Right. The three of you: Anash, Tati, Maud. Your friend is in peril. We can assume that Aristobulus has taken an early evening with Jonty, as they're happily strumming the harp together. Um. But the three of you look down at the rapidly paling body of the locked-in crocoborn. You can see something in his eyes. It's like his eyes have panic in them, but the rest of his body is rigid. Should we? Isn't this why Marvin went to CPR school? (laughs) (laughs) For this very... I forgot that he always wears his like... He's like he's like he's got his medal of participation around all, all the time. In his mind, guys, he has flowers. Guys, that was only a participation trophy. <laughs> In his mind, Marvin has flashbacks of Annie, the resuscitation <laughs> doll. Precisely, Annie. And I, I think Marvin should attempt, should rush in, and attempt CPR. Marvin regrets only humping the doll and doing nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, listeners, this is why AJ went to DM school to make tough call. How would you? I'd love to know. Listeners, jump jump into the fucking comments and tell me how you would handle this in a in a D and D sense as he rapidly pulls up goat stats. A a goat stat block for D and D. He's a pygmy goat. Thank you. That will, that will help. And get Marvin to make a medicine check. Go. It's as simple goat as that. Wisdom. Uh, so unfortunately, a goat has no modifiers to its wisdom. Um, so although a goat does apparently have minus three to charisma, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's pretty, Nothing yeah. to wisdom. So is it? Is it not performance get, though? 
Because well, performance is charisma based. So if you really want to have minus no. three, go with performance. No. Okay, go. But uh, if if you wish, if you wish to go with Marvin trying to do CPR, trying to do something, we're going to go with a wisdom, which is okay. That's a straight D twenty, no modifiers. A goat is neither good or bad when it comes straight to wisdom. D20. It just is D twenty. Well yeah, no cheating. Roll to everyone. Like. Look. 15. 15. Um, Could be good. Marvin. He does it just staying alive as well, like we were told to do. God. (laughs) Cometh the moment, cometh the goat. As um, Marvin steps forward, his, you can see the sparkles from the glitter in his beard as as the band play on, the band push on. And the, the, the fiddler goes up a key and speeds up as the tension ramps. As Belsiar, you feel a choking in as, as the foam is backing up in your airways. As you look over, you're locked in, Belsiar. You're fully locked in. You can feel and sense, but you can't move. As you look over, as you see Marvin hot, hot hoofing it onto the dance floor, people part as Marvin stands over you, reaching out a hoof. He pummels you in the chest with his cloven hoof again and this again. very painful. What Marvin doesn't realise... It's a sequined booty. He's got four sequined right, booties. with a sequined booty. As, as, as he fucking punches differently with his sequined <laughs> booty, uh, you feel your chest bouncing um, as foam splutters out the front of your... Your mouth. Um, unfortunately, your heart hasn't stopped, so doing CPR is going to make very little difference to you. Um, as Marvin goes in for the kiss of life, as you see yellow cracked teeth coming towards you, as in your mind you're screaming, so nothing I'm, comes I'm out of your mouth. Assaulted and sexually assaulted by a goat in that order. Yeah. As you look over, you could almost sense pity in the eyes of Barbara. Who's looking on at you um, as you see a familiar set of eyes from the crowd as a man, as a crocoborn pushes forward. As you see locked in your body, you look up and you see Sandor push through the crowd as he reaches into his breast pocket and he pulls out an EpiPen. <laughs> as he looks down, he says, <laughs> he looks down, he says, Oh my God, he's only gone and fucking speedballed. I think he's taken uppers and downers simultaneously, the mad cunt. Did he learn nothing from River Phoenix? Fuck me. Don't be speedballing, you daft cunt. Um, As he goes to you, Maud, Hanash, Tati, he hands out a cardiac EpiPen. And he's like, one of you are going to have to stab him in the heart. Fine, I'll do it. Get up. <laughs> Like. <laughs> <laughs> Tati's just like swaying and backwards and forwards like some sort of lush. Um, yeah. I'm safe. I'm <laughs> <laughs> me your magical powers so I might stab you. This is for the otters. <laughs> <laughs> so as, um, as you stand there, Sandor reaches out the hand with the garish-looking cardiac EpiPen 
as he's like, all right, which of you's going to do it? I've got a gammy wrist, that's all. Strain my wrist, playing lawn tennis. Can't stab a man <laughs> in the chest. It's going to have to be one of you. That's my backstory anyway. Um, who's going to do it? Go on, I'll do it. He's, he's hurt me so many times, I'm so excited. I'm, just, I'm giddy. Okay. My eyes light up like a like Christmas giddy lights. And that. For, um, okay, okay. Um, so, As, so I take it. Both hands, like, smash down. <laughs> pow! In the chest. Okay. Make me a... I say, take that, you chest. <laughs> You're going <laughs> to... You're going to have to try and pierce his breastplate. Oh, so make me... Make me a straight-up strength check. Okay, here we go. Bon anniversaire. Twelve. Twelve. Um, as... You take the needle. There's a bravado and a machismo about you. This is a moment that you relish. This is a moment that you've been looking forward to. This is you personified. As you take a silver EpiPen in your hand and look down at the ghoulish length of needle sticking out the front, you look over at your friend, stiff on the floor. Um... You, you walk forward as there's a hush in the crowd, as the music lulls, as the, uh, the banjo player plays a, a much lower <laughs> key and melody and everything tenses. As you walk forwards, lean over Belsier, looking into his eyes, you see a fear in his eyes. You see the whites <laughs> of his eyes as there's a real tension, as you almost see him like almost shaking his eyes, like saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> as you look down at the needle in your hand, you raise your arm back, hold a moment, pausing, and just slam it into his chest as there's a crunch and a squeal <laughs> as the front of his jacket opens and you see something twitching as you slam <laughs> the needle clean into Picato, <laughs> gone right through the front of him and crushed it into um, into his chest. As, as you see the crucified form of Picato nailed to the chest of Belsiar, a look of shock on the feral baked potato. As um, suddenly... Belsiar, there's a rush of life back into you as almost like two car batteries are being connected to your nipples. You blast back and sit bolt upright, look down at the giant needle and the baked potato twitching um, on your chest as you splutter and cough up white fluid, lungfuls of clean, crisp air entering your lungs. As everyone looks around, there's a sudden gush and joy as suddenly the music picks back up and everyone's like, and everyone just starts dancing around you. Um, as you look down at the twitching form of the baked potato nailed to your chest. I think that might be my favourite bit of d that we've ever done. <laughs> if this, if this, if we had to put a button on this, like it would be like this arc started when Belsiar accidentally hit Hanash with an ice knife, reached its peak when Belsiar accidentally killed the otters, and then it reached it's it's now it's now come full circle with Hanash trying to save Belsiar but killing one of his familiars. 
At first, I thought you meant I killed a bird, and I was like, you really? like, I, like I'd splattered it. <laughs> um, can I? Can um, I? I have a healing potion in my mm-hmm. uh, in my equipment. Can I mm-hmm. rush over to Akato, who I assume? Bell I mean, is now cradling, cradling. He, he's just arms. a he, he's just a magic potato. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure he can die and come back at any time. Um. Do, you, do you want to give a healing potion to a to a to a mashed potato? <laughs> what does? Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> yes. It's very yes. kind of you. I'm not going to stop okay. you, but as you lean in. Belsiar's looking groggy as you reach out a hand with a, I don't know what it is, minor healing potion. As you, you reach out greater, a hand with a healing greater. potion. I don't fuck around. As Belsiar goes to take the healing potion off you, you move your hand as his hand reaches for nothing as you uncork it and pour it across the baked potato. Now, at this point, I'm going to lean on the cinematic grates and we're going to go to Terminator 2 as the mashed former potato, a bit like the T-1000, slowly comes back together again um, as the limbs, which were mangled and mashed, slowly um, reform together. I'm, as I'm just imagining this is the the, the 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 potion is so potent that it becomes like a really beautiful potato is transformed into like uh, those beautiful potato potato <laughs> creature imaginable. Transformed into Transformed into one of Mary, Maris yeah. Piper's best. I was thinking like a super butch, like massive uh, hench for sale. Like with, with yeah. a blonde wig, kind of like a He-Man, yeah, 80s yeah, yeah. He-Man style blonde wig. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, he's gone from DeVito to He-Man in, in wow. only one character death. Yeah, so he got Jesus 12 Christ. hit points back. That's good. 12 hit as, as Barbara's Adagio for strings plays, the mashed potato just slowly forms back together, knitting up uh, as all of his internal stuffing goes back in. As you, Belsia, you slowly pull the cardiac needle out of your own chest as gouts of blood are pouring out the front of you, as Pocato just goes, and just scuttles off through the legs, uh, heading towards the table with alcohol on it, as you hear a scream God, coming just, from the back I of the room. Gasp. That's fine. Let the potato have the healing potion. <laughs> um, as Belsia, you have taken um, uh, seventeen points of. Uh, <laughs> you've taken seventeen points of damage through narcotic abuse and a cardiac needle to the chest. Um, oh boy! As a hand reaches down as you grasp onto the hand and pull it back up you're looking into the eyes of Sandor as he's like alright you dark bastard <laughs> I'm sorry I took them all at once a rookie mistake you don't want to do some daft shit like that I should have been more careful who I gave drugs to quite frankly but you know the heart will do what the heart will do that's that's true I knew we'd meet again. I just didn't think it would be through, God, you know, arrest. you attempting to kill yourself through speedballing. That's a hell of a first date. What do you reckon our second date's going to be like? Maybe I'll 
this feels like an abusive. This feels like an abuse of power. <laughs> what was the um, disclaimer like that he gave last time? Was it like um, "fuck buddies only," or was it like yeah. they? Like, <laughs> oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, he was like, I'm, I'm married to my job. I don't have enough time to date. Just to let you know, this will have to be purely sexual. But I think they often say that relationships that are forged through trauma are often the strongest. Um, <laughs> as, as he's He looks at you into your big brown eyes and he looks down at the ginormous hole in your chest, which is speckled with mashed potato, um, as he looks back up and there's mash. a fondness in his mash, eyes. Mash, mash. Mash. As he's like, all right, anyway, I'll, I'll let you get back to what you're doing. You know where to find me anyway. As he picks up the cardiac needle and just slips it back into his, um, <laughs> slips it back into his Cloaca. shirt pocket and waddles off into the crowd. Uh, vomits profusely. Just vomits his feelings. Yeah, seems legit. It's a wild. I'd just like to say as a DM, your vomit has those weird little bits of carrot in it that no one can ever explain because you definitely didn't eat carrot. There you go. It, come, it, um, it just comes with the stomach lining. It just comes with the stomach lining. Horash is feeling greater than a motherfucker and goes right down. As you all gather together, there's a moment where your eyes lock across the dance floor. Hanash, Tati, Belsia, Maud. All of you look at each other across the dance floor as you see people with the music pounding and just people giddily dancing. As a smile cracks across all your faces, as you hear a voice out of the corner of the room, as he's like, all right, wait for me. As Aristobulus wades into the room, you see him like he's got some kind of sticky fluid on his hand that he's just trying to flick off and ends up like wiping oh. it on his trouser leg oh. as he forms <laughs> the Chris Rag. As he he's like, don't don't party without me. As all of you start to merrily dance, what would you like to do on this evening of festivities? You know, like the in the eighties movies, right at the very end, where like all of the friends are together and they've had their adventure, and then it's like a slow kind of like one of them jumps in the air and it's like slow mo, and then it finishes. Like Biker Grove. Yeah, kind of like that. Biker, Biker Grove, <laughs> um, which is not going to translate groove. well. <laughs> Biker Grove. Uh, that's not going to translate. The Americans, anyone else who did not grow up in the 1980s or in the 90s in England, you're going to have to, you're going to have to, you're going to have to Google Bella. Biker Grove. It's a piece of shit. Google, um, Google it. Google it. It's Google it. Fine. It's, it's, it's Google high it. drama. PJ and Duncan, you must all be aware of PJ and Duncan listeners. Very low drama, very low brow. In, in my head, it's like that thing, like, we're having such a good time, we never thought it was going to end. But as we know, all good things do come to an end. And then someone dies. <laughs> someone fucking dies immediately. Yes, immediately. So, is there anything you want to do particularly now before I move the storyline on? This is a bit like in a computer game where you get that little warning that goes, if you go any further, you can't go back. Like, you're going to lock out this dance montage if we go any further. Shots, 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 I think as we as we gather around and, and get some drinks, uh, Tatty's going to explain to everyone that he met the Bumblebee again. Um, I don't mention that it is Eliza, but I say Such that man of uh, honor. the Bumblebee wants, to, wants us to uh, partner with them 
in uh, freeing the servants from Stank, the Stank estate, uh, which is where I need to go to free Malif, um, not Malifluence, Toad Flaps. Anyway, so that works for me. And um, as we probably get, as if we've been drinking a lot, Tati's probably going to be like, I don't know if you guys want to come with me. You don't have to <laughs> if you don't want to, but what I have to do. So I really appreciate it. So if you want to come with me, then you can. <laughs> uh, I really appreciate it. And then we do four more shots. Okay. Each. Wow. So you're drinking Gnomish Sambuca at this point. Um, Yeah, sure, why not? Getting rip-roaringly drunk. As you all dance away, you look over and Aristobulus is doing something really weird. You see him whispering into his chest. As you look over and you realise he's removed one of his earrings (gasps) of eavesdropping on his nipples and he's chatting away to Jonty upstairs um, via his newfound walkie-talkie nipple he was gonna, um, He's just checking in on Jonty. I going to say he was just talking to his own nipple. Good Lord. <laughs> he may be. I mean, he's, he's had many moments. He's just tuning his left nipple to AMFM radio. Um, <laughs> as for the first time in a long time, all of you take a moment to unwind and relax. The, the worries and drama wear away as your inhibitions wear away as each and every one of you dance and laugh and giggle. Um, Tatty, Aristobulus lifts you up and puts you on his shoulders at one point and does like a conga line around the place as the various servants join in. Um, everyone is just beyond happy to, to share in this moment. As we pan forward, uh, as go on. As he's as, as he's on Aristobulus' shoulders in the conga line, uh, Tatty is singing super loud and super out of character, do, just singing, "I'm the king of the conga! <laughs> I'm the king of the conga!" And at this, we're going to leave the night's revelry as the camera pans slowly off the dance floor, leaving our intrepid adventurers swaying and dancing and bucking and weaving and drinking. Maud looking disappointed as she turns the bottle of Gnomish Sambuca upside down and looks sad as she goes back and uncorks another mystery bottle, pulling the cork out with her teeth and spitting it out as the camera pans through the doors and the scene goes to black as many hours pass and we focus in hazily on Hanash in bed the morning after as he cracks an eyelid open with the most pounding headache he's ever had in his life. You've got the driest mouth and your fingers are almost pruney. You're so dehydrated from drinking alcohol. You look down at your pruney green hands. I uh, I wake up shocked and like a little bit confused and like I'm moving around. I like, oh, shot myself again. <laughs> <laughs> as you hear a voice that says, I think you might have, as you lift up the covers and you just see Aristobulus's <laughs> arm draped across your chest. <laughs> Fuck! As Aristobulus is like, kill me now! As he, he rolls out of bed, putting on one of the luxury dressing gowns, all stately, as with all posh hotels, you get very fancy dressing gowns that they assume you'll steal. As he puts on an Egyptian cotton dressing gown and he waddles off to the ensuite. As you hear a groan coming from the toilet, Hanash, as you attempt to peel yourself out of bed, you hear Aristobulus as he's like, 
my piss is like golden syrup. How much did we drink last night? I think when uh, I think when Tassie wakes up, probably before, like in that moment when he wakes up, but before he even opens his eyes, uh, he's like, "Oh, we didn't, we 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 didn't burn down a pub again, did we?" <laughs> oh, and then realizes that he's like actually in some comfort here, and he's like, "No, no, we should be good." And then just closes his eyes again. As you look over, you see. Barbara at the end of the bed who wasn't drinking, who just gives you the the look of, oh, what have you done? She was she was your chaperone. The look of, I want to go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> um, Barbara's busting for a piss. Do you know when you haven't taken your dog out for a piss in a long time? And and Barbara's kind of skittering around in circles as she's she's milliseconds away from pissing in the wardrobe. All right. Give me a minute. I'm gonna get up and just very like just throw some clothes on. And, just and imagine you opening the veranda window and just holding your wolf <laughs> over the veranda as she pisses. <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll go downstairs and go outside with her. I'll just put my, pookie, I'll put my, pookie I'll put in the my, rose garden down below with a trowel. <laughs> just this warm, gentle rain. I'll go outside no? with her. I'll okay, take, okay, take okay. her for a walk around the garden. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, Belsiar, you wake up bolt upright in bed suddenly, looking around as though it's all been an absolute fucking dream. As you look down and run your hands across your chest, you just see this giant hole, not giant, but you, you rub your finger across a hole in the centre of your chest. Do I... Yeah, I, I guess I remember the um, the being brought back from the brink of death. Pick. I think you remember more of it than you would like to. As you look down, you see a shade moving across the duvet as a small lump. You see like a bulge underneath the duvet moving up the bed underneath the covers. I smash it. No. <laughs> as you punch it, you hear a scream. As you look down, you, re- you realise Pocato has got himself trapped inside the duvet Aww. cover. At some point in your drunkenness, like Pocato's got in between the cover and the, and the actual duvet. As you blearily drag yourself out of bed, go to go into the ensuite, go up to the mirror and scrub off some of the dried white flecks of foam on the side of your mouth, and taking a taking a um, towel, just start scrubbing off some of the worst dried blood on yourself. As you all make your way down to breakfast, um, Maud, I presume, have you got any morning routines you want to do before you all meet back up for breakfast? Um, the three S's. Shit, shower, and shave. Shit, shower, and seances. <laughs> Shit, shower, and seance. As Maud smears a pentagram in fecal matter on the bathroom floor. <laughs> Is that a thing? Do you want to have a shit, shower, and a seance? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, always lead to, I always like to know where my evil is. You know, just I, I okay. like, to, like to keep my inner demons on form. Okay. Okay. This is why I'm. Okay. This is why I can't um, have a productive day. Always do the shit and shower, but never do the same. Yeah. See, that's why your day is misaligned, my friend. Um. Yeah. As you all gather to make your way oh, downstairs. Um. The last thing before going downstairs, Hanash, 
you make your way into the bathroom feeling blearily. You wash cold water over your face. As you look up in the mirror, you see yourself looking back at you as suddenly your reflection no longer matches what you're doing as you just see yourself as a voice just says, Yes, yes, I approve of your chaos. That is giggly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> as Jerry, Jerry says through the corporeal form of your own reflection, Jerry's like, I would like to apologize. I was on honeymoon. <laughs> we are well overdue a review. You want to you want to do it now? No. But I wanted to check in and apologize for being so absent. That's okay. Uh, we'll do it later. I need to use the B day. The, the bidet. Don't drink out of the beat at night. On second thoughts. Yes. I need to clean my sloppy bum after the poo myself. I don't want to see that. I'm an agent of chaos, and even I do not want to see a man cleaning his rim in a beat. But surely this will be a plus in his performance review. <laughs> as as you see as you see the shape of Jerry. Panache, as you go to the B-Day and start, you start washing your rim in the B-Day, you see Jerry trying to get out of the mirror, the reflection goes left, it can't get out that way, and goes right, but can't get out of the mirror. As he's like, no. He's almost like twerking in the B-Day. As Jerry goes, what have I created? As he just vanishes in a blast of red in the mirror, as you're left washing your rim. Um, as you all make your way down, to the kitchen area, Hanash, with the squeakiest bum anyone has ever had in the history of hangovers, um, you see in the same dining hall where you had dinner, there is just um, self-service silver plates filled full of hot meats and fried eggs and hash browns. There's also a section, Hanash, for the... Uh, sorry, there's also a section, Belsiar, for the more discerning amongst us, that has a full continental breakfast as you see little pastries and croissants and little slices of mango um, and fresh orange juice as you see the Wixleys sitting at the corner of the table Warburints reading a newspaper and ignoring Margaret as Margaret is using a letter opener to open correspondence and reading it as you all groggily and blearily traipse in after last night's reveries Stop, Wickersleys! Stop, stop, stop! Wow. Right. What are we, what are we doing? It's morning. These reveries of I last night it, are behind you as you blearily and ruggedly meet up. If I manage to, um, if I manage to take Barbara out for a walk uh, before breakfast, I'll make sure to fill up a plate for her as well um, of some of some. Bacon and sausages and uh, the, the full the full breakfast uh, mm-hmm. compliment. Mm-hmm. I, I forget mm-hmm. that Belcha isn't a um, is it a taxidermy? Is it a taxidermy thing? And I throw an egg at his face <laughs> and like, like wow. pretend like to think that I'm I'm feeding like this like <laughs> static thing. As a slow and greasy egg slowly drips down the front of the crocker board, too hungover to do anything about it. As you see. Um, Eliza comes down for breakfast looking a little bit fresher faced the bruise underneath her eye from the day before has gone like a horrible shade of purple as she sits next to you Tatty looks at you and nods as she slowly munches on a single dry piece of toast and 
a cup of I meant to ask her about that. I actually, I forgot that we'd seen the we'd seen the bruise on her face. Can I try and if she sat next to me, can I try and ask her about it like quietly, which is just like sure. even if even if it's like without words, just like look at her and just like point at my eye and be like. As you do the international sign for um, what happened to you, you know, she leans in and she says, well, you know, my line of work is not easy. Sometimes you have to do what you have to do. Fair dues, fair dues. Remember, I fell off my horse. As she, she leans in and says, bring your merry band of deviants and meet me in my office. As she stands up, downs her cup of coffee, takes a slice of toast in her mouth, nods to her parents and wanders off. Tati, like, takes a deep breath. It's like, narrows his eyes a little bit and he's like, I can't remember how to get there. <laughs> but I will improvise. Improvise, adapt, overcome. Um, I'm going to look around at, the, look around at the, the rest of the crunk fuckers who I assume still have plates half half filled with food and just do the do the sign for rally up we got places to be as you all go on, to Barbara. shuffle up and finish off and scraping plates of food into the front of your mouth warbrent says well i hope you enjoyed yourself i heard the, some festivities downstairs last night um what time will you be leaving us uh, I don't think it will be, I don't think it will be too long. Uh, we probably just need time to, to go upstairs and grab the rest of our stuff. Um, okay. and then we'll, we'll be out of your hair. We're, um, we're, we've got pla- places to be, people to see. No, uh, I understand. I settled up with your good man over there. He points to Hanash yesterday. He should have your money. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Of course. Yes. Yes. And then I say to him, like, um, I, by the way, I should inform you, a badger did get into my room and shit everywhere. As <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, don't worry, that's what the servants are for. Oh, so when you Wouldn't say the you first shit time yourself, you, deep you, 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 you painted the walls. <laughs> well, no, so I shit the bed, but then, shit the bed. but when I bedayed, like cleaning myself, it was like a dog that was dirty, shook. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it was all over the walls. Yeah, and when you're, when you're doing it okay. to yourself, you can't just be in the bathtub. Just everywhere. You've got to get those angles. Exactly. Yeah. Ooh. Jerry, I mean, if Jerry contacts me again about a 360 degree review, <laughs> you think the first one was a good one. Probably. <laughs> as Warbrint says, well, you are, stay as long as you like. I must go out. I have urgent business. I mean, a grouse hunt to go on, you know, got to keep up relations. Um, I am on a grouse hunt later today. Um, so please <clears throat> use the grounds. And then, you know, it has been an honor and a pleasure as Margaret is like, yes, thank you very much. I appreciate you looking after me. And it has been a pleasure to meet you all. Uh, please feel free to avail yourself of the grounds and leave at your own goodwill. As she's like, I have important things to do. As it's quite obvious, she's just going to start day drinking. She has no other pastimes oh, Margaret. as a lady of leisure. As they both Tati's leave. Uh, Tati's just going to give a, a, a quick nod to both of them and say, thank you for, thank you for the hospitality. Um, not it's all. not often we, we get to sleep in the lap of luxury. Not at all, not at all, not at all. Just glad to be of service and to have given something back and thank you for your, for your protection. 
As as Tati, you lead the members to the bookshelf where the secret door is. I do the um, before I before I open it. I like I when we walk in, I like pretend to be just like wandering around the library with no idea where I'm going, and then I go. Now watch this, mm-hmm. and then I open the bookshelf. As the bookshelf slides back after you, as it goes, <laughs> whoa, slides open. You see the corridor leading in <laughs> as all of you head into the corridor, looking left and right. Belsia, you think you hear the dulcet tones of Sandor coming as you pull the switch on the on the wall as the door slides back behind you with a <laughs> as it shuts. As you make your way down the corridor and down the stairs, and Tatty, you find yourself back in the rooms where you had been ambushed and mugged. As you look and you see the inside of a room, darkened cellar underneath the manor, where you see all manner of weapons pinned to the wall, all of them sharpened within an inch of their life, and various pieces of equipment and a training gym in one corner and a chemical lab in the other. And uh, you see Drone the horse and the 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 bumblebee's garb and outfit, as you see Eliza over the chemical bench mixing stuff in a conical flask as she spins around and says, Ah, you've arrived. It is time we plan. So do we... that is where we're going to leave this week's Ah, episode. ah, Motherfucker. There you go. You're in the cusp of a vigilante's lair. The cusp? That's the wrong word. You find yourself in the heart of a vigilante's lair, ready to plot some. some I am expecting to take down Stank Manor. Sharks with lasers. Yes, you've got lots of cool equipment, lots of cool vigilante equipment to play with when you get the chance next week. Right, that's about all we can hope to achieve this week. So we're going to draw a line under all this deviancy and say. A big goodbye. Right, before we let you go, we just want to say a massive thank you for tuning in for another dollop of fun-packed fantasy fugnuggetry. Seeing as you've all made it this far, why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never missing another episode again? But yet, if you're feeling fruity, why not give us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on? All your reviews and recommendations go a long way towards validating our crippling sense of self-worth. If you fancy chatting to us about anything you've heard, your best bet is to try and catch us on the social medias. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, but your best bet is probably Twitter, where you can catch us at Adventurers, A-N-O, number one. A huge goodbye from the crocoborn narcotic himself, Mr. Matt Durant. Bye! Don't do drugs, kids. Be smart. Don't do all your drugs at once, kids. It's a mahoosive goodbye from his fucking saviour, Mr. Chris Rag. Goodbye! <laughs> Falling into a well. <laughs> it's, it's the biggest of goodbyes from Chanel. Talia! And it is the traditional goodbye from Mr. Neil himself. Goodbye, my precious blueberries. Right, Matt, sing us out. Bye.
Well, there you go. That's about as much shite as we can hope to achieve in one bloody sitting. Hopefully, listeners, we will see you back here next week for more improvised fantasy fuck nuggetry. But in the meantime, remember... Stay tipsy. Stay tipsy. Stay tipsy. And scene. Great show, guys. There you go. Nothing more can be achieved. Woo! Hopefully we can find some fucking semblance of an outro in the middle of all of that shite. <laughs>